0: hello everybody um and welcome to um another episode of art and labor i am uh okay fox joined uh by my co-hosts lucia love and sarah crow you guys
1: oh hey what's (laughs) up surprise
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and uh Today, we have a very special returning guest, Dana Coppell, formerly of New Museum Union, Um, now, uh, you know, arts organizer. Given (laughs) my life to the labor movement. (laughs) Extraordinaire. (laughs) Um, It's just been excellent seeing uh, your writing um, pop up, Um, you know, uh putting in the work was an excellent one that we uh, we have talked about a couple times it's just come up on the show of course.
2: <laughs> oh my
0: god, that's times. so nice. <laughs> and every time we're like, we gotta get Dana Beck out. We gotta get Dana Beck <laughs>
2: Oh, I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> Thank you for having me again.
0: Um but yeah uh, if you have a, a a brand new piece out where you um you uh, reviewed um, what's it called cultural sorry I, I don't have it up because I'm uh, not strike. professional culture
2: strike no culture I had strike. to pull the article up because I was like what if I forget what I wrote <laughs> <laughs> so now I can
0: reference it. <laughs> yeah so it's, oh, it, it's in you... the nation that's cool
2: yeah it was cool it's the first thing I've written for them um, and yeah the editor who I know through friends like reached out to me um about writing about this book he was like I feel like this would be kind of your thing like yeah this is extremely my thing like <clears throat> art world organizing messy stuff yeah
0: it's, it's my thing <laughs>
1: um
0: yeah it's it's yeah I, it's funny you say messy stuff I I definitely agree it's like a it it it's a messy, weird topic that is always, um, sort of shifting around. Like, how, do, how do you feel that, like, um, the book tackled that I know, like, so like the piece ran with the title, is it time to abolish museums with the strike MoMA, um, you know, uh, banner as the, the header, um, do you feel like it's um yeah so where do you feel like the book is situated on the like cultural strike versus like labor strike sort of um continuum we keep hitting up against
2: yeah um that's a good question i mean like in response to the question of the title of the piece, which I didn't come up with, but like oh, it's I was kind of about that amazingly too. clickbaity, like maybe the most clickbaity title I've ever had, and I like love that. Um <laughs> but I think the book would the book would say no. Laura Rykovich would say no. It's not time to abolish museums. It's time to improve them. I think that's sort of where my my reading of the book and my review of the book comes up against like the thesis of the book. Um because I actually like don't think museums can offer the things that people want them to offer in the world we live in and in the ways that they exist in that world. Like, I just don't think there's a way. Um,
0: Cause we've, we've been to a couple yeah. of the strike MoMA um, uh, events and we've been like kind of meditating on them, pondering them. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're coming, we're, 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 we're coming from like thinking, thinking about this perspective of abolishing museums or what that actually even means or how, what the plan is to even do that or whatever. But I'm sorry if we're all, if, if we're talking over each other a bit if on a delay or something, but you go ahead, Sarah.
3: Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm like, also you probably will hear, we're trying to get like these two cats to start getting along and they're literally right under me. So we might get some action. Um, but the, uh, no, I, I just like found it super refreshing to have someone just say like, no, this is a capitalist institution and you're not going to like, I think you even say you're not going to solve capitalism with more capitalism. Um, and it's like, even something like Strike MoMA, I think they, they definitely feel the same, but there's, I guess I get kind of tripped up with specifically when they were, they've been talking about striking as something that's like very broad, whereas I think of it as something super concrete and with a purpose. Um, and I think like that was what was really great about your article. Because again, you're bringing this like on the ground experience of not just like encountering um, the way that like museums are going to you know, talk a big game and then screw you over. But like specifically with new museum because it was supposed to be the not MoMA.
2: Right. Yeah. It was supposed to be like the progressive museum in New York. Um, And of course that was completely hollow and completely surface level as it is with all museums. But um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think what Strike MoMA is doing is really interesting. And I, I feel like it's definitely more like politically aligned. I feel more politically aligned with it than like some of the other organizing that's happened in the art world over the past five years or whatever. Um, I haven't been to any of the actions because I like generally have to work on Friday afternoons, um, which sucks. I mean, it sucks to have a job yeah. <laughs> always. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> and I, I feel like this is, this is the thing. This is like, I'm a little like still sometimes like I can't believe they let me write this stuff because I'm just I don't know I'm a communist like I just don't want anyone to have to work to survive and I don't want like ownership so like that's like the structure of the museum so I don't know I yeah I like definitely hear what you're saying also about the way the word strike is used and like that's something I was thinking about a lot with the book because I think there are ways in which like you can think generally generatively about the word strike um but like it's funny to me that like the book doesn't really address that and it's actually like very little of it is devoted to like labor controversies in the art world over the past few years and it's like there have been several very like visible ones and like obviously I'm biased I was part of one like this is like the lens through which I read the book um but yeah I thought it was funny I thought it was funny to call a book culture strike and then like talk so little about labor organizing. Like there's like, you know, she talks about the Whitney staff organizing against Warren candors, which I feel like is a really important part of that narrative and that context that does sometimes get left out. And then there's like a couple pages at the end where she talks about museum unions. Um, but I'm just, I mean, it's like, this feels on the one hand really strange to me and like a really strange omission. And on the other hand, it's like a totally unsurprising omission because, like, it's there's just still, and I think, I hope this is changing as more and more museums unionize, but like, it's still something that, like, anyone who has any power in the art world and wants to maintain that power in museums, especially in nonprofits, like, even if you like think you're like politically in support of unions like you have to or you want to like tiptoe around around like workers rights in museums because like the people who are giving you money to do to run these institutions don't like unions and they don't want to pay more they've gotten away for decades with paying people like unlivable wages and just like cycling through people in like a year or two and right. Like, Just treating yeah, that,
0: treating staff like tissues to yeah exactly to be re- replaced with like younger fresh out of art school um, people you, you know yeah they I love, all do it
2: I love that <laughs> um, that simile treating staff like tissues is like and I feel like yeah it's like at least with the union you get treated like a handkerchief <laughs>
3: <laughs> you get to be folded and put away. Or a little while.
2: And washed. Washed, and- yeah.
0: <laughs> get
2: to stick around for a little longer. <laughs> yeah. Before being <laughs> trapped.
0: Maybe if you're really strong you become like part of the dowry of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Where you get like retirement and benefits and <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Retirement, better be a really knowledge. nice
0: handkerchief. Yeah, super nice. Imagine, <laughs> <laughs> super nice. But yeah, you you talk very candidly about like how like unions aren't this like perfect fix to these fundamental um, structural issues with the capitalist museum, um, and I, and that I feel like is it it is like. Um, why I think like whenever we, we've we kind of talked about or go to like the strike MoMA stuff or whenever I'm talking about it with like other groups um, or other uh, people who are interested in this stuff I'm, I'm always like back and forth on it um, because it's uh, on the one hand like you um, you yeah the, the goal is and end the institution as we know it but you have to re- respect the 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 workers there and figure out it a um you know just transition um for what you know how that's going to affect them and i and i feel like these like artist-led actions are most successful when they have they do like outreach with um the workers and with the art unions and like dedicate time to to them like i remember the the candors one had like specific like workers week this is workers week like you know (laughs) like (laughs) yeah and, and really trying to get people to think that way and get more folks on involved and yeah, something I have a hard time with the 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 new the new kind of set of demands with the strike. MoMA is that a lot of it it's placed on it's just like kind of they they they, they treat it as like an open invitation, whereas like people can can come into the space and like kind of present whatever they want and and be there, um, but. It still people like you still actually need organizers. I think you still actually need like people to do the outreach and to organize the programming um, or, or else because we went, we went one of the weeks we went like the programming was pretty not there, but <laughs> I mean, it was fun to talk to everybody um, and we learned a lot and that in it, they are like really cool as like little teach-ins and, and meetups um, for strategizing future stuff. Um, but like, yeah, you, somebody needs to pick up the ball and program, you
3: know? (laughs) Well, I think, and they did that, um, they did that with the one that we attended on Friday really well. Like I thought that was one of the best, like, uh, one of the best political events I've been to in a while. Um, because it had like a, I had a very strong yeah, the program. Pa- the in Palestine it. one yeah. was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was about Palestine. Um, and-, and yeah, I feel like, i oh, sorry. Oh no. I just, I, I feel like,
2: you know, having watched mainly from social media, like I feel like the, the way they've sort of picked up the, um, the stuff with Palestine and like really like rerouted some of their efforts to be in support of Palestinians and like, to really like press that in New York and in the art world, I think is like really beautiful because that's, I don't know. I feel like my two like quote unquote communities um, or two of them, like the art world and like reformed Judaism, like both have just like atrocious track records with like, yeah, just being like genocidal anti-Palestinian, like Zionist bullshit. Like, and so yeah, I think having like a a really concrete like organizing effort taken up like in service of that, especially at this moment, is is really cool.
0: Okay, I always feel like the decolonized group is like kind of there as a baseline for other groups to hook in, and there's like so much potential for other groups to hook in. And I just feel like somebody needs to take the initiative to do that hook hook hookups to make those hookups happen because people are like really shy or and don't want to like step on each other's toes and don't want to go where they feel like they're not invited or not like um, but it's like if you read the letter it's like every everybody's invited but it's like people still I feel like need permission to like do stuff and or like need to be outreached to a little more Um. so I I I do think it it it's but it what when when shit really hits the fan, it's always there as a baseline. So when shit revved up, um, they are able to step up for Palestine because they've always been very grounded in pro-Palestinian um organizing. Um so I think that yeah, it makes sense that they're able to pull that together very quickly and mobilize very quickly um for some really good actions around Around those issues, and 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 they're always great around like police brutality actions, and like they they can mobilize quickly there. But yeah, I do think there's some weird contention around the art and cultural sphere when it comes to the word strike, because I don't, and it's not just with this book or or um, or this or the strike Moma. It's I I noticed it with this group from, like, 2015, 2016, they were called Get Artists Paid. Oh, right. And then they became Strike Art. Um, yeah. And, and then they just kind of, like, dissipated never to be heard from again. Um, I mean, honestly, I feel, feel like the, the labor like-
3: movement also gets strikes wrong. And sorry, my I have to yell at my internet provider. My lag is insane. But, like... <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, oh, yeah, what I was thinking is just, I don't know, it's, like, such an art world thing to, like, absorb, like, terms from, like, (laughs) everywhere else and sort of, like, drain them of meaning and, like, reinscribe them with something that means something, like, a lot vaguer. Um, So, I guess it's, yeah, it's not a surprise that's happened with Strike. I know, like, yeah, I, I know, like, around, like, the time, like, we were getting furloughed and laid off. like earlier in the pandemic um i remember thinking like oh god like what are the buzzwords gonna be now like solidarity and like what's next and
0: mutual aid the way
2: yeah places are utilizing mutual aid like yeah decolonization i mean that's mm -hmm. been happening for a long time but like i feel like that one's really picked up steam in institutions and like yeah it's a cycle like it's
0: yeah i don't i don't know if if you um want to talk about that more what that the you know pandemic austerity you you certainly have written about that um that you know the pandemic massive pandemic layoffs that happened and and kind of like the the shock doctrine <laughs> sort of like lay, like union busting that was going on in the art world during the pandemic
2: yeah i mean yeah, I mean, it was just like it was such an opportunity for somewhere like the new museum, like, and it, that was like so transparently clear to all of the, all of us who worked there, whether we were laid off or furloughed or not. I mean, and I, I mean, workers by that, I don't mean like management. It's, I don't know what they're thinking. Um, I can, I can guess, but but it just it seemed so apparent that like they were using this as an excuse. I mean, we're, we're in an arbitration for this or like we're moving towards an arbitration for this right now. Um, cause we'd filed charges with the labor board and, you know, it was like a conservative labor board. They sent the charges back through our grievance and arbitration procedure that's in our contract. Um, and so we've been moving through that and we have an arbitration, I think now it's at some point this summer, um, about like the sort of discriminatory layoffs and furloughs um but you know of course it's you know what you know is not the same as what you can prove to a like quote unquote neutral like still fairly conservative like governmental body that like sees evidence in certain ways um, so we'll see what happens but yeah I mean I it, it's in a way, I'm like, I guess it's good that like not as many institutions were unionized then because I think we would have seen even more targeted like across the board layoffs. I mean, there're still just like so many layoffs, though, like tens of thousands mm-hmm. in the US of museum and cultural workers. Like it's it's obscene and I, I think it is just like as I think you were saying, okay, like an intensification of of processes that were already in place well before the pandemic rather than something new.
0: Yeah. But it, yeah, on, on the, on the converse of that, I think it also pushed a lot of places um, to, to unionize. um uh Oh, for sure. You know, Brooklyn museum being the r- most recent.
2: Um <laughs> Yeah. Brooklyn museum, the Whitney Hispanic mm-hmm. society, local 2110 is like,
0: they're racking them up. They really are. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> racking them up, knocking them down. <laughs> Love to see it. Hi, everyone. Sarah's internet cut out, and we lost some of her audio. This is the only point we couldn't have edited around. Um, she asked a question about unemployment and the legality of furloughing union workers, and we're going to jump back in. Thanks. <laughs> God.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean it's it's legal because labor law in the US sucks. Um yeah, it's legal because we live in hell. But (laughs) um but yeah, I mean it's it's really common and like I think most people at the new museum that lost their jobs were furloughed before being laid off, were furloughed for like four months. I was one of them. Um, in New York, at least, like we were eligible to receive unemployment and everything. It's like, and we stayed on health insurance. Um, so that's like one advantage. Um, I mean, we had to bargain for that. It wasn't like management was like, oh, and you know, just to be nice. We were like, (laughs) if you're, if you're furloughing people, like, you know, the union has the right to negotiate over the effects of the layoffs and furloughs. So we did that. Um, but It's fucked up, and on the other hand, it was so nice not to have to work there anymore. And, like, you know, this was when there was actually, like, semi-decent, like, unemployment. So I was, like, making kind of the same that I was making at the museum under our union contract, and I was
0: like, I could get used to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's nuts, like, how much, like, of a of a it was like a weird like bailout (laughs) program for 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 the the states who had a functional unemployment system um (laughs) yeah like jumping through the hoops was worth it because like for for me because i made way more than i made before on my shitty part-time job yeah i I started
2: a savings account last summer i'm like 32 years old <laughs> this is my first on. one thank you
0: yeah and it's yeah it's just like so nuts yeah it's like to me it's like this like piecemeal way that the the state tamps down like um uprisings yeah where for it's sure. like they had. They literally had to do this, or else like things were like really yeah. going to go and off.
2: They, yeah, they did the like absolute <laughs> bare minimum to avoid rioting, or to avoid more rioting. Right, we right. We still right. had
0: some rioting, but like, <laughs> it's this strange line. It's some. It's like and, uh and it's it's um, about strategy sometimes. Like in 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 my tenants union, we keep talking about like the line between like agitating. And just getting people the resources they need to just fix their situation, um, yeah. and it and it feels like that's kind of what we're talking about here when we're talking about like, uh, or or like maybe what the book is like. I don't know. Maybe the book talks talks if if you think that it's it's kind of a more reformist book. I'm I'm sure that she outlines some ways that the the museum could reform itself and maybe be all right but it's like do we really want that
2: right exactly (laughs) and it's yeah and are those and are those solutions actually going to get us to the place you think they're going to get us to because I mean this is what I struggled with with the book is like I really agree with a lot of her interpretations of like many of the quote-unquote controversies like art world controversies she talks about um in a way that like I feel like when these things were happening when it was like the Candor situation or god what else was there now I have to reference the article because my memory is gone <laughs> um but I mean... yeah the Sackler stuff it's like I, feel, I mean less so with the Sackler but with Candor's, um and like certain things I feel like the discourse around that among like people in the art world. And I was a bit more in the art world at that point. Like it often sucked. And so it like, it is, it is nice and it's sort of like reaffirming to see like that her, her takes on these situations are like, I mean, I agree with them. So I'm like, I think they're good. Cause I agree with them, but like, I do think they're good. Um, it's just then like the solution she proposes and sorry, this is like maybe directly from the article. I'm not reading it, I swear. Please read just, it. Just read I, it to I know us. I'm, I'm this is why we do a podcast. It. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm just sort of like, how do you get from this analysis? Sorry. Yeah, just like, how do you get from this analysis to these proposed solutions? Like, I I sort of don't understand, like, how do you get from, like, the museum is, like, fundamentally, like, structurally racist to, like, we need to give the HR department more power. I'm just, like, it's just, like, something doesn't click there. Something doesn't connect. We want you to stop needing so much money. And it's, like, well, the nonprofit needs money because the thing's not profitable. That's why they do it as a nonprofit. Anyway, it's just, like... (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, I don't know Lu- Lucia if you want to chime in with the some of the um like there's also like the debate about like um public funding and I know Lucia's written about this more. Um, Ooh,
1: yeah, I was just sort of <laughs> I don't know what the um Zencaster is doing basically everyone seems to be recording at different speeds so I've, I was <laughs> a little overwhelmed um but yeah, I mean, I noticed, I guess, just... Oh, God, I can't. It's too intense. Um, like, <laughs> like general trends seem to be like, um, you know, more and more efforts from the private sector to uh, behave as if they are... Um, creating like public programs through corporations and then that like the left is sort of assuming that by like bringing awareness to to issues that like somehow um the institution is going to like dismantle itself yeah um and i don't know i guess like just from watching all of these things like i went to I, I mean, now it's it's been a few years, but it, uh, studying the like United States, um, like artists assembly and all of these um, like private corporations that got together to make these like arts funding grants that are unlimited. Um, they actually like are very, they were very proud of the way that they um, went around like with some legal loopholes to be able to do the job of the state because they don't like the NEA and that's like in their mission. Um, So there's this sort of like ethos of the like, uh, you know, beneficent philanthropist um, that like completely uh, overshadows everything else in this industry. Um, but then there's like the institutions that work with these corporations and they're like well what else do you want us to do but work with them like otherwise we just don't exist.
2: Yeah I mean that's that resonates so much with like my reading of Culture Strike and just like the idea that there are benevolent philanthropists which is just like that's an oxymoron. Like nobody benevolent benevolently like acquires that much wealth. You only do it at the expense of other people. It's like, that's how it works structurally. Um, And like, I, yeah, it's frustrating to read because of that. And also because it's like, well, I understand, like, if you have a commitment to like working in leadership positions in museums, which like, you know, fair enough, like we all have have to have jobs um and you're you know if you're doing that and you want to keep doing it whatever but like yeah you have to like be really careful about what you say about donors otherwise they will not give you money in the future or like you will not get hired because the people who are hiring you will know that you won't bring in money it's like i and i think i mean that's just sort of like the obvious limitation of like being an anti-capitalist in like a certain level of the art world or in a certain level, level of power in any sector right really. and it
0: and it's like really it's like okay do you want like art funding to to come from politicians like who um like like the, the debate seems to be like do you want it to come to come from like the the state as it is where at least there's like maybe that some semblance of like represent like like liberal democracy it's a sham democracy that doesn't really exist but there's like some um semblance of like pub public process or um do we just like hand it over to this like um these benevolent uh, board members and but like like uh, a, a kinder gentler uh philanthropist charity people which like of course, like the other part of this too, it's not just about how these philanthropists got their wealth. It's that they make money being philanthropists. They do make yeah. money doing it. Like
2: yeah. they wouldn't
0: do it otherwise. <laughs> like like it's not. I mean, it's it's never like there's no. Oh.
1: <laughs> it seems like we've gotten to the point now where it's like we've reached this um, kind of critical mass of like breeding awareness where uh because we have enough people talking at any one given time about the issues with capitalism like that we're we're just gonna like keep raising the numbers of people who are are like yeah the system is completely fucked and oh my god these people are war criminals like whoa yes it's true <laughs> and you do get fired for making a union like oh crap <laughs> but now like we're entering into the phase of like living in uh, a country where corruption is an obvious part of everyday life and like the system of power that protects this corruption is still absolute and we're trying to find ways to make these performative gestures like in these in these cultural spheres to spark something. But it's like, you know, we're sparking something inside of like a closed jar. I don't know if that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah,
0: no, it makes... It's like... Yeah, no, you're 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 very right. And I think that came up at at on Friday a little bit. Where you can like kind of look at that two different ways, where it's like we're in a closed jar and it's shut tight and we're all suffocating, or it's a closed jar, but maybe we can turn this into some sort of Molotov um on behalf of like people people who aren't who who aren't as close to the center of power as um a lot of us are like you know cuz of course like it, co- it goes without saying basically that like this type of organizing is even an extremely privileged type of organizing to do as far as like the larger worker struggle like the the global south is like who is who is being so extracted from being so exploited by these like institutions that we all live like a subway ride away from like is is kind of a big deal if we could if we could just like figure out those strategies and tighten up those communications like perhaps something could change with this jar that we're in
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean it it feels like if we're going to do that like there needs to be another phase of organizing that is a like like the next phase of organizing needs to like extend some trust to people who participate in these movements that like everyone actually like does know a basic amount of facts of like why they're showing up and like take that energy and actually like because <laughs> it like we keep I hear you there especially in the art world we're like I want to inform you like words mean this now we're here for this this is what's happening and everyone's like (laughs) yes i made a screen print and it's like yeah i guess what i'm hearing what i'm hearing from you is
0: a discipline like there needs to be a little there there does need to be like a little more discipline uh and maybe some like focusing
2: yeah um, i mean i i think what it makes me think of is like and I know we were just talking about strike school before we oh started yeah recording but like <laughs> I, this is like a big part of like Jane McAlevey's thing is like the distinction between mobilizing and organizing and I think like the art world really excels at mobilizing at sort of like getting eyes on things making things visible making things public knowledge um explaining why they're bad like doing that sort of like outward facing organizing and there's a place for that and it can be really valuable. Like it certainly was at the new museum, but it was really valuable in conjunction with the like internal organizing we were doing, like talking to our coworkers constantly, like building the structure together. Um, There's this idea that like, if only the right people knew about it, if like certain people in power knew about it, or if enough people know about it, it just changes. And it's like there you know there's no power outside of ourselves as like workers as you know whatever. Right. We are, that's we are, liberal whatever.
0: that's literally liberalism. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's like, like I'm sorry. Yeah, it's <laughs> and and I think like that's that's the thing like we have to stop appealing to this like sort of moral good that like seems to reside somewhere higher up than us in the art world that can like step in and fix things if only like we make them clear because it's I mean it's proven again and again like that's not what happens like You have to actually, like, build power with your coworkers. Um, And, like, you can think about that in, like, a very broad sense. But
0: What will actually dissolve the um, structural power imbalance of the institution is if the workers took control of the institution. That's what would do it. So it's, like, workers are actually, like should be the front and center of any like dismantling of an institution, in my opinion, like, and it's, it's not to say that like teach-ins are bad or like displays of like solidarity, like, like what happened at the Whitney, like it wasn't bad. Like it's not that like, like, like calling for the, the artists to, to pull their work or like um, calling, calling for these other things. Like it, it, it can work. Yeah, um, it's all
1: just putting putting pressure on the sort of like input in a abstract way. Like even even the movements of of like trying to get Warren Canders out. Like we discussed that at the time of just being like, well, that's cool if he's like not on the board. That's a step, but it's also like he doesn't lose. His company,
0: right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, or all of his money. (laughs) Another like small but important thing to remember is like, a lot of people who work at museums are also artists. Like, and and so there like there is an overlap. There's it's not I mean it's it's often not the same artists that are showing at the museum because you know the art world is fucked up. But like it's yeah like people are artists and they are workers and I think like. The more we can all like come to see th- those categories as like inextricably linked, like the better off we're gonna be. Not that I'm an artist, but it's just my two cents.
0: <laughs> hey, you're a writer; it uh, <laughs> counts. I'm sorry. It all like that's the thing. There's always something. I like. <laughs> <laughs> a critic. But I wanted to add into the mix too, because like literally just like got off this call I was listening to with like the, the new economies coalition. Um, and I feel like that's like some of the, the types of reforms that are, are happening around, like um, like sort of like creating new institutions. Um, I think is, is, is like an interesting type of reform to me. Like the idea of like a um a com- a community community controlled land like a a a CLT a um mm. uh, a community, community land trust, land trust um and, or like a, a a worker cooperative art gallery w- like all these things like everybody who's like making like not everybody but like it's it's become almost trendy to if you're going to be making a new business or something that, or, or like a, a studio building or, or trying try to do something like that, that people are like really taking these models seriously. And that's something that I, I think could start to catch on even, even more. It's caught, it's honestly, it's caught on a lot in the Bronx, which I like don't spend a lot of time in. um, But I, I could see it like happening in, in more places and, Um, I think if like, if done correctly, it, it could be like an interesting way to like build up some like worker controlled new institutions, which doesn't like solve the problem of all the terrible corrupt old ones. But, um, yeah, I don't know if anyone else has takes on that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't feel informed enough to
2: have a take, but I like, I do think it's really interesting, and I think it's like interesting to think about in the context of the art world, where like because the sort of like you know like profit mechanisms and like structure are like in some ways different from well, here's like a corporation, like because I think like I don't know, there's like a a Spectre article maybe from like a few years ago about sort of like the limitations of worker co-ops, because like Mm -hmm. in order to sustain themselves, they actually like have to continue to like compete in like a wider capitalist system. Um, and that's, and then like, there's, there's no way that that doesn't filter into like the way things are run.
1: That's that's actually um, something we're talking about in the, um, in the constructing the real school right now is William Morris's, um, studio, uh, and the financial model that he was trying to produce, um, under capitalism, but as a socialist and how he made all of these concessions to, uh, like try to raise the standard of living for all of his workers, but that, um, he still had to rely on like uh like piecework and so it was this really like kind of complicated thing where he just sort of managed like for a small amount of people he could raise the standard of living but under capitalism they still had to survive and just to get those people to have a better life it was like yeah it's only extends so far
0: well here's another example the um new museum
1: <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, the,
0: the I I know we we talked about this when you were on with your um, new museum comrades, but like the original like founding of the new museum, like kind of had um like uh a, a pretty yeah a pretty interesting model. I mean, what could have what yeah. could have been tweaked to that model to make it last um longer or be be uh be be more of of a worker democracy or something like that
2: right yeah i mean that like the the institution was founded in 1977 by marcia tucker um as like a like fully horizontal institution in when like all staff got paid the same amount she had like an initial idea that people would rotate jobs um in order for like everyone to get a sense of like what everyone else was doing um and I think at a certain point the like same like the single salary got shifted to like two salary tiers one for people with kids and one for people without kids um and like I actually don't know how long those things lasted because the way they're talked about now including by like trustees who knew her um and worked closely with her (laughs) is yeah it's just like it's super dismissive Mm. um at least in the context of this like mandatory captive audience meetings that they called to try to convince us not to unionize um it's framed as just like oh you know she had some wild ideas and of course they couldn't last but (laughs) but yeah I mean it is worth thinking about why like couldn't they last like who was standing in the way of that and obviously like it is a larger issue than just like a couple Trustees or a couple donors who are like, you can't do this. Like, obviously, it's it's structural the way everything is. But, but yeah, you know, yeah, the it, it loves its radical origins.
0: It, it, I think, it comes back to like the conversation around like, um like keeping, like, like staying focused and engaged and and almost disciplined in like, uh and grounded in in like the the process of like you know uh reaching reaching more people in more places or um i guess to put it a a, um broadly but like because i often i often think about like the 70s and the the um massive wave of like um of like rent control and um And how that was like a huge organizational effort, like massive mobilization, massive tenant organizing that it took to get like um, a pretty substantial rent control law. And then how that was like chiseled and chiseled and chiseled and chiseled chiseled away um, into like the barely any crumbs that we have of it now. Um, And now like there's a lot more organizing happening to try to build that up again, but it's like, what what happened where people got, like, totally disengaged from the work of, like, um, holding on to that and spreading that to everybody? Like,
2: yeah. I don't I mean, know. I Yeah, well, I think about that kind of a lot and, like, talk about it with comrades a lot. But, like, one thing that I've been coming back to for the past few weeks since I saw it, I think it was, like, a tweet, but talking about how, like, think it was angela davis like in the 70s was like working part-time some like random job and like was able to keep like an apartment in maybe like oakland or la and an apartment in san diego i don't know two places in california um like really really bad retelling but yeah like it's just like like things have become so like unbearable for living like in new york like we have to work like a full-time job and then some in order to like pay rent here and then it just leaves no time for organizing and that you know if, to me i'm like this has to be by design like at least to some degree like if people are just constantly focused on survival like it doesn't leave a lot of space for like fighting for something beyond survival
0: yeah yeah, to me, it's similar to like like the the way the, the the ruling class utilizes like landlordism is very similar to how they utilize cops. Like it's it's like one in the same of like um, developing class traitors to break up like yeah. you know potential um, points of like unification. <laughs>
1: totally. Yeah. It feels like I mean that's kind of the bridge, oh <laughs> sorry <laughs> I mean that's kind of the bridge to cross, right? Um, like if we have the point where we know that we're being kind of like we're in a noose, then the the like teach-ins are going to have to turn into work stoppages like at some point, yeah. right? At some yeah.
2: Point. Or we just, yeah, we need to have
1: both. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, but we, it's, ha- we know, have it's... the teach-ins so we, yes. we have, we're keeping them, but. We're, we're keeping the teach-ins. We're, we're also going to take the work stoppages.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like political education is really necessary for this work, but it's not the only part of this work. And I, yeah, I think people. The people doing it know that, but yeah.
1: I'm just I just think that like if we're going to be teaching people stuff, maybe like, you know, theoretically, what if we just said, "Hey, not as if you're going to do this or anything, but if you were going to do a work stoppage <laughs> because these people on the board did x, y, and z, and if you did want them to really feel uh, you know, some kind of way about how you're not happy with them. <laughs> you could stop working altogether. <laughs>
2: it's it, like, like uh, totally yeah. hypothetically. Like, <laughs> if I had a friend who wanted to do a work stoppage,
0: yeah, yeah, love it. Um, Dana, you have a relationship with the twenty-one ten. What do you think about? having like some folks from the 2110 come speak at the next strike moma um you know i'm i'm inviting um the 2110 to come speak i'm taking wow. i'm taking auton- i'm doing an autonomous zone of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to like do it how they they want us <laughs> how the letter, how the letter like talks about it, but I don't really understand the letter. <laughs> but <laughs> I, 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 I like, I like, it's like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a white person. I like, I don't want to take up space at this thing, but I do think it's a, it, I do think that like they have a clear, um, like at the, at the last, at the one on Friday, they like, they talk about how like we have nothing against the workers and we support the workers and, and they, 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 they say these things. And like I said at their other protests, like they had like a whole workers day. I thought that was awesome. Um, but yeah. Do you think that the, like someone, some folks from the 2110 would be interested in speaking? I'd, I'd be happy to put people in touch and try to get that rolling
2: I I would guess probably there are people I know at 2110 who would be down. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can definitely ask. We can make some connections, do some networking.
1: Yeah, so I think... I feel um, like I'm at a networking event right now. Can I get everybody's card?
0: Yeah. Um, We got got lanyards, tote bags, continental breakfast. We're at the conference it's not a conference we call it a convening instead because we're reclaiming language this is this is what these things are actually like oh yeah this is what I they know. actually do <laughs> mm. at the at the at the one like um art conference like thing I went to like it but it was very it, it was very like um it it's called common field oh, and they yeah. do. They do try to like be good, so like they do try to be like we got, um, you know, free breakfast from like the local POC owned like business, and we did this, and they do it, they do it, they they do have these sort of like net, these networking things do exist. It's just like the problem is like they'll have like so they have like a panel of like serious anti gentrification organizing happening, um, like you know in in the in the city that they're in, um and then the like the, the next panel will be about like um a a bullshit like art project that's just like um a luxury timeshare. like I'm not joking <laughs> like it'll oh just my be God. Like- <laughs> But yeah, I guess I guess we should just wrap up. It's it's lovely to have you. Um, this was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Dana's new piece can be found in um, in the Nation, um, and we'll we'll link your other piece we mentioned. We yeah. gotta re- we gotta record it in person. This is absurd. <laughs> We're gonna record in person next week. I don't know. We'll figure it out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's it happy happy new year everyone we're officially <laughs> gonna meet in person let's again. go it's let's an go honor fine.
2: to be the final <laughs> online guest
0: <laughs> i don't know i have a feeling we'll have to use it for certain things sometimes but it's just it's just a shame everything is i'm sick of zoom life i'm ready oh god Same. <laughs> I'm
2: this is ready. A, this is a nice change though. It's like the backgrounds are different colors and
0: Oh yeah, it's different than Zoom. It's yeah, it's very <laughs> exciting for me, someone who's on Zoom all the time. Oh my God, Kelly. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get some of you and your twenty one ten comrades to the Strike Moma. That'll be a good change of pace, I think.
2: Hell yeah! We'll
0: figure it out. We'll make it happen. We'll make yeah. it happen
2: <laughs> Let's do it. I love doing things that are not on Zoom. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's have fun. fun. Bye. Lots of fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun, let's have fun, lots of fun.